Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. So we're talking about this message today on a day after New Year's on January 2nd because we wanted to talk to you about hope and how we can easily lose hope when things don't get better, when things aren't any different, when things seem to be more of the same. And today we're going to just start things off by reading a passage of scripture that is found in the book of Psalms and it's uh, verse 5 of chapter 42. And uh, the psalmist was in quite a desperate state. I think that many of us may uh, be feeling exactly like the psalmist did. And he says, why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Well, this psalmist is just really speaking to himself, isn't he? He's speaking to his very soul. He's saying, hey, why are you so down? Like, why are you so downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? And he reminds himself to put his hope in God. And it's really difficult for us to put our hope in God, uh, to put our trust in him when we see things failing, when we see them faltering. When we look around us and we don't see things that would encourage us or would show us that things are going to be different. We certainly didn't expect to end the year the way that we started it but and start the new one the same way that we ended it. But that's kind of the situation that we're in. And so how do we stay positive? How do we maintain this hope? And, and, and what is hope really? Because there's so many ways that we can look at it. Like what happens if we are a person who tends to lean a little bit more on being pessimistic? You know, being a little bit more critical. Seeing things, you know, more from a negative slant rather than a positive one. And when we are that way, we would think that maybe we're going to go around this life with a lot less hope. Well, optimism and hope are not necessarily the same thing. In fact, they're, they're not the same thing. They sometimes are shown to be the same thing, but they're really not the same at all, especially not from the Bible's standpoint. From God's standpoint, he wants us to see hope in a very different way. It's, closely, it's more closely tied to faith than it is to being optimistic. And what makes us optimistic is that we are putting our faith in God and not in our circumstances. We're putting our trust in something greater than what we can see and, and put our faith in something that is often unseen. It is yet to emerge. It is yet to appear. It is yet to manifest itself in our everyday experiences. And so this psalmist talks about how he needs to have a positive outlook. He needs to have hope and he needs to put his faith and trust in God. 
and he mentions that he wants to praise him and he wants to identify God as his rescuer, as the one who is his savior. Now in Corinthians chapter 4 and verses 7 to 10, the apostle Paul says this in 2 Corinthians, but we have this treasure that is in jars of clay to show that this is all surpassing power is from God and not from us. And so we are going to be hard pressed on every side, but we're not going to be crushed. We're not going to be perplexed, but not in despair. We are not going to be persecuted and, and, and we are not going to allow ourselves to be abandoned, struck down and, and, and not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. And what this passage reminds us is that we are going to have to remember this, and it's quite important, that when we are allowed to go through times of trouble, it's because God knows that it's going to actually make us stronger. It's going to better us. It's going to help form and shape us. And he knows that we are people that are going to go through difficulties and us being allowed to go through them is what actually is going to work best in our lives. It's not easy to say that, certainly not to accept that, because who wants to go through hardships? No one, of course. But Paul says that even as we go through these things, that we are going to be made stronger because of it. Well, here's another example found in the book of James. In, in James, in chapter 1, verse 2 to 4, it says, I want you to consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith is going to do this. It's going to produce perseverance. So let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. And so what James does is he pretty much continues the very teaching of Paul and adds a, a little bit more clarity, clarity to it by saying you're going to go through trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith is what is actually going to produce this perseverance. And so this perseverance is going to finish its work so that you can be mature and complete and therefore lack nothing. Well, I feel like if I'm going through something, I'm going through a trial, it's because something has been taken away. It's because something is missing. Something I had is no longer there. When I'm going through things, it's because what I believe should be there no longer is. And so how can I in that instance and in that moment really feel hopeful. I usually don't feel hopeful. What I feel is despair. What I feel is like my foundations themselves have been weakened, that my life is no longer in a strong position because I have less today than I started out with yesterday. But what both Paul and James are saying is the opposite. They're saying I want you to understand that as you go through this and as you persevere and as you continue to put your faith in God, you are going to come out stronger. You're not going to have less. You're going to be more. You're going to be more. 
And so we have to look at this differently. It's no longer about what used to be there and no longer is, but it's who we used to be and who we are now instead. And what Paul and James are saying is that who God wants us to be is far more important than anything that we used to be and far more important than what we used to have and what we thought somehow completed us or filled us or fulfilled us or satisfied us or we thought our life could not be any better without it. God is trying to show us that that is actually not the case. And so it's important for us to see this even in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 11 and 12. It says, we want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. What you hope for can be realized. We don't want you to become lazy and to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. And so what God is saying through this passage is that we want you to fully experience and fully realize what it is that you've been hoping for. Now, I don't know what your hopes and, and dreams are exactly, but I know you have them. And, and I know that most of us do. Most of us have that hope and that dream. We have goals and aspirations, things that we are constantly moving towards, even when things don't go as planned, even when people come in and out of our lives, even when our health isn't there and our finances are no longer the same, even when the people that we were counting on, we can't count on them anymore. Even when we thought something was safe and secure and provided stability, and it's not there anymore. Even in spite of all those things, we continue to persevere. We continue to live. Now, we may not always feel like we're living our best life and certainly not feel like we're always moving forward with our life. Sometimes we ultimately feel very stuck. But what this passage reminds us is that we should never become lazy and just simply accept our circumstances and just assume that because the things that we thought were going to happen didn't and because things that we thought were there no longer are and because we thought that things were going to work out a certain way and they haven't that we sometimes just accept that. God is saying hey I don't want you to accept that. I want you to keep hoping and I want you to keep moving towards the full realization of what it is that you are hoping for because that's my plan for you. I want you not just to hope but I want you to have faith in me. And I want you to trust that what I have for you can and will come to pass. And so that's what he means when he says, through faith and patience, you are going to inherit what was promised. I believe that God has promises that are general for all his people. You know, the kinds of promises that are there for all of us. They're in the scriptures and and it's a promise that we can all count on. But I also believe that God has specific promises because he has given us a specific purpose. There's a specific plan for our lives and we need to have hope for that and to believe that God has not let that go. 
God has a plan and it hasn't changed. He has for us a purpose and it's still the same. He has for us an outcome that he desires and it isn't any different than the one he gave us when he first breathed life into us. And so I want you to imagine this God who sees you today and is measuring your level of hope. Maybe he's possibly even measuring your level and your standard of faith. And he's here to remind you of how you shouldn't let that wane or falter, how you shouldn't let that be diminished by whatever it is that is going on in your life today. And let me explain that further by turning our attention to another passage. It's found in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And it says this, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, but it's also assurance about what we do not see. And so when we think of what faith is, it says very clearly it's confidence in what we hope for. And so God says to you, and he's saying to all of us, I want you to not lose hope. This hope that I have for you is amazing because it brings you to a place of faith and it brings you to a place of confidence. It brings you to a place of assurance and it brings you to a place that even when you don't yet see it, you can still believe in it. Now imagine how God is working that in our lives right now. Our circumstances are not any different. Our life is not any different. Things are what they were just a few moments ago. But yet God says, hey, I want you to have faith, confidence. I want you to hope and have assurance. And I want you to believe in that which you don't yet see. And like Thomas, we want Jesus in the room. Like Thomas, we want to see those nail-scarred hands. We want to be able to put our hand in his side. We want to be able to physically, tangibly experience God in the way that we would need for our own faith, our own hope, our own assurance and confidence to grow. But God doesn't do it that way. He asks you to put your faith and assurance in him, even if you don't yet see it. He's saying, I want you to have hope and faith and confidence, even when everything around you is telling you not to have any confidence. God is saying, hey, how about you try some of this? That when things are not going well, you still believe in me. How about this? When things are not going as you planned and purposed, that you still have hope and confidence that things will turn around. That God will still be able to bless you, prosper you, and give you what it is that he has purposed for your life. How about you put your hope and confidence in what you still do not see because you believe in a God that is great and is able to do great things for you. That's how you're going to grow. That's how, in spite of the circumstances of this life, things are going to be different. And that's why this next passage in Romans 15, 13 is so important. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace 
as you trust in him. So let me read that again. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So we have here a description of how God's going to do this. First of all, you need to see that, that God is a God of hope. And then he's going to fill you with joy and going to fill you with peace because you are putting your trust in him. But if I don't see God as a God of hope, then how am I going to have joy? How am I going to have peace? How am I going to be hopeful? I'm not going to be able to do any of those things unless I start with my understanding that God is God of hope. That you may overflow, look at this, with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so God is going to help us to even overflow with it. So when I'm not hopeful, when things are not happening in my life the way that I want, I'm going to turn to a God of hope and I'm going to say, God, fill me with your hope. Overflow my life with that hope. Now think about how things were incredibly difficult for those of us among us who are old enough to be maybe 90 years of age uh, or more, you will have somehow remembered World War I, the pandemic of 1918, the depression of 1930. You'll find yourself even remembering World War II. Now think about how depressing and how difficult this stage of life was for so many people. They went through one thing after another, after another, after another, after another. Like we've been in this pandemic for two years and I can't take any more of it. And I really, really don't want to go one more month. I certainly don't want to even make it to January 17th just to hear another bad announcement of how this is going to just be a further lockdown. And, and it, it, it kind of works against me in my mind and in my spirit. It's working against me in terms of the kind of hope I have for, for what the future holds. But, but imagine those who lived through these events and, and, and what it meant for them to still have hope and what it would have been like for them to still put their trust in God, to still put their faith in that which was not yet seen. And I want you to see that people have been through things that were much more difficult than what we're going through right now. If we look through the scriptures, we often see people who instead of experiencing better, were experiencing one tragedy after another. That by the time God broke through and gave them the fulfillment of their promise, they went through so much before they could experience that. We just talked about that even with the very birth of Jesus. We just experience this when we think about our own lives and how we have been through so many challenges and yet here we are facing yet another one. It was a time where people believed that life would just get better. They had a, a linear view of history improving itself. People like, like Hagen and Karl Marx even thought that the weak would be left behind and things would just continue to improve. But 
that isn't what has happened, and it certainly isn't what is happening even now. We need to see things through a biblical perspective, where we see that even the righteous go through incredible challenges, even when they've been chosen and selected by God, even when they have received the promise, even when God is ministering to them by angels and reminding them of the promise and giving them hope even when they have lost it. And over and over again, we see people who are being hard-pressed, but they're not crushed. They're persecuted, but they're not destroyed. They're, they're confused and perplexed, but yet they still have clarity and direction and faith and hope because God is the one that they are leaning and relying on. And so the lesson for us in maintaining hope is not to put it in our governments or a medical system and a cure. It's not to put it in people. And it's not to put it in our city and to put it in our economy or to put it into things that we know we have no power and control over no matter how limited it may be. It is to put it in God and to put our trust in Him is what always will give us hope. It is what we need when we are looking for faith, even when it is invisible to our eyes just yet. So imagine that hope is something that has to be specific. It has to be specific. It has to be focused. And what that means is that when our faith and hope is specific, it links our past and our present and our future together. So when we feel lost, I need you to know that what God is doing is that God is saying, I want you to see how your past and your present and your future are linked together. So when I look at my past, I'd like to leave it there. When I think of my present, I hope that my future is better than what I'm living right now. But what God is saying is that I never want you to separate these things. And that's interesting because I like to leave one behind. I like to be in, present in one, if it's good, I don't want it to end. If it's bad, I need it to end right away. And I always look to the future thinking that that's going to be the best. That's going to be better. That's why we have this love for a new year. When we talk about leaving 2021 behind and starting a new year in 2022, all we can think about how is how 2022 is going to be our year. Remember when we said that in 2020? Remember when we believed that 2020 was going to be our year? We loved that the numbers like matched. They're all matchy-matchy 2020. We thought this was going to be special. And it wasn't. It was a disaster for all of us. 2020 did not turn out to be a good year. It was a garbage year for most of us. And, and, and 2021 is like more of the same. But we have this, this hope and this anticipation that what the future has is better. What God is saying, don't you get it? I use all of your past, everything in your present to help you build your future. 
Nothing is wasted. Everything is utilized. Everything is there to bring me glory and to continue to bring my blessing in you and then through you. God is a God who redeems it all. And he's saying, I want you to have this kind of hope. I want you to have this kind of faith. And so, you know what hope is? Hope is not hoping it happens. Biblical hope. The hope that is being described of by God is a hope that we expect to happen. It's a hope that we say we believe it's going to take place. But hope is going to involve your planning. It's going to involve your motivation. It's going to involve your determination. So I can't just sit back and wait for things to happen. I can't just sit back and wait for God to just do things in my life. I don't see anybody in the Bible sitting back and waiting for the promises to fulfill. Every day they got up and every day they set out to live life. And every day they thought to themselves, maybe today is the day that God fulfills his promise. But every day they did what they had to. They planned and they were motivated and they were determined to see the day when God would fulfill his promise. I want you to live like that. I want you to live with that kind of planning, motivation, and determination. And I want you to be clear in your ask. I want you to be clear in your hope. I want you to be clear in your faith. And I want you to be clear when you speak to God and clear to him when you don't feel like speaking to him. I want you to be honest and true with where you're at, just like the people in the scriptures that we look to for an example and an understanding of how to live out our own faith. And I want you to know that God is linking all of it together for your good because he loves you and because he wants you to live 2022 with hope, with an expectation that God is going to fulfill his plan and his purpose in your life. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for each person that you have blessed today to be a part of this experience and, and to help us better understand what it is that you are doing and what you are about to do for each of us, for the scriptures that have laid the foundation for our understanding, for the men and women of God that you have set before us in the scriptures as examples of hope and of faith and how you have helped us today to have a better understanding of how we can face everything in this world, in this life with that faith in you. Lord, thank you that you've taught us a little bit more of what hope is today and a little bit better we understand what it looks like to have our hope and faith in you in spite of our circumstances. I pray that you would help each person today realize their 
potential. Realize their purpose and the plans that you have for them. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.